Hi and welcome to our latest One Church podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. Good morning church. Wow. Thank you everyone again for, for just pushing through. On the back of what's just happened this morning, I just want to share something that happened to me this week because I really believe it was for me in the moment, but I believe it's, it's to encourage someone else. Every morning I take my kids to, to school in the car. How lazy is that? You're, you're looking at where their schools are and thinking, you take the car, Kenny. But... This week I took the car and out the back here is the primary school is only a stone throw away but every morning it's just chaos, it's just gridlock and this week I came up to the junction and it's a crossroads where four, four um, roads meet and I was first at this junction and the lollipop, there's one lollipop man running about like crazy trying to uh, make this work but we came to this crossroads and there was absolutely nowhere to move because of parked cars, because of obstructions everywhere. There was, there was not a move to make. No one could turn into any one of these streets and it was just total gridlock. And everyone's looking at each other, but no one was like pointing the finger because it was nobody's fault. Nobody had the right away. Nobody had, had made a mistake. And um, we're all looking at each other going what's going to happen here? This is, and I'm looking in my mirror and it's just good and it's getting bigger and bigger and I'm looking down that street, that street and it's just gridlock, it's checkmate. There was absolutely no move and I just thought somebody's going to need to make a move here and what I did was I, I took the car out into the middle of the road and just into no man's land, just sitting in the middle of this crossroads to a place where I probably shouldn't have been but there was no other move to make and I was out there and I was like looking around thinking folk are going to be looking at me you're you're going to make this worse and just as I moved out there was just enough space for someone to get by and all of a sudden everything started to move and I knew God was speaking to me in that moment that sometimes it looks like gridlock Sometimes it looks like checkmate and there is no way forward. And I knew that I had to make that move. I had to go to a place that wasn't natural, that made me feel vulnerable, that made me, you know, centre of attention or misunderstood. And I want to encourage someone today who feels like there's not another move, who feels like there's no way forward, who feels that this is checkmate, there's no options. I want to encourage you to just step out. Just step out, take that one step. And I didn't have to go far. I didn't have to drive far. I just had to step out, step out into the middle, into the middle of the crossroads. And I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way forward, God is with you. And if you take that step, he will get things moving. He will navigate everything else. So be encouraged and take that step of faith. Amen. Let's pray before we begin. Lord, we thank you that even though 
when things go wrong, when, when we come to the crossroads and, and things stop working, when the media stops working, we can still worship. Lord, when, when our lives come to a standstill and it feels like no way forward, you are always there with us. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to step out, to step out in faith, to step out in courage, knowing that you go before us, that you are behind us and that you are right there beside us. So Lord, as we open this word, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me to bring about change in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to open up with the first scripture, which I hope we'll have. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. It says, If I could speak all the languages on earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would gain nothing. Amen. Have you ever been somewhere where you couldn't speak the language. A place where unless you could speak the local language, it's almost impossible to function. You feel impossible to do anything, whether it's checking in, ordering food, or asking for directions. The simplest task can feel exhausting to the point where you feel lost and helpless. This verse tells me that even if I could speak every language on earth, if I do not love others, I sound like a clanging symbol. Not just any symbol, a clanging symbol. Have you ever heard a clanging symbol? I have played the drums for years and I have seen every reaction there could be to a clanging symbol. From people being scared, frustrated and even angry. I have seen people jump out their skin, cover their ears, complain and even leave the room. And that's exactly what we sound like when we don't have love. That's the reaction we cause when we don't have love. That's how we make people feel when we don't have love. I want to speak today from the title of God's love language. God's love language. How many of you know that love has its own language? It's no secret that we as a family love to go to Portugal. At least once a year we try to get away and enjoy a family holiday. But in all the years that we've been going to Portugal, never once have I learned the language. In the 15 years that we've been going back to the same place, never once have I took the time to learn Portuguese. Why? because they speak my language. When I go to a restaurant, they know what I want. When I order a taxi, they know where to take us. When I ask for directions, they know where to send us. But I remember this one day, Gillian had been craving Fanta lemon. Who loves Fanta lemon on holiday? But we couldn't find it anywhere, so I decided this day to go for a walk into the next town. And on my way, this guy stopped me and he asked me for directions to the marina. Now, when I say he asked me for directions, he, 
He put his hands up, looked confused and went, Marina. So I started to give him directions of where to go. Then about two minutes later, I looked up and I realised that he hadn't responded to a single word I had said. And it was in that moment I realised Marina was the only English word he knew. He looked confused, frustrated and even more lost because although I was trying to help him, I wasn't speaking his language. And so often as Christians, we try to help people. We try to steer them in the right direction. We try to give them advice, guidance and direction. But unless it's steeped in love, church, they end up lost, frustrated and even more confused. How many of you know, although love is universal, there are five different translations, five different ways you can communicate and demonstrate love. There's gifts, time, words, acts and touch. But depending on where you're from and how you're wired will det determine the translation that you understand. For example, in our family, we speak four different love languages. But in order for me to show my wife and kids that I love them, I need to understand their love language. For example, Holly. Holly's love language is time. If I want to show her how much I love her, I need to give her my undivided time and attention. Whether it's going for a meal, watching a movie or playing a board game, she loves your time. She wants your time. Then there's Leah. Although Leah loves your time, she also loves her own time. So if I really want to show Leah how much I love her, I need to use words. My words go beyond gifts, time and money. Every day when I drop her off at school, before she steps out the car, I look her in the eyes and I tell her how much she is loved and valued. I tell her how much we appreciate her. And that's how she knows that she is loved. Then there's my beautiful wife, Jillian. <laughs> I could spend hours lavishing her with words. I could spend hundreds, even thousands of pounds on restaurants, hotels and gifts. But if I want my wife to feel loved, if I want to make her feel like the only princess on earth, I need to load the dishwasher. <laughs> I need to wash the car or clean the shower because her love language is acts of service. But here's where the problem lies. I couldn't give a rip about acts of service. She could make my dinner every night. She could clean the house top to bottom and iron my clothes every day. But if she hasn't kissed me for days, we need to have a chat. Never mind the washing. Never mind lovey-dovey birthday cards and going for my romantic walks. I need a kiss. <laughs> Whatever relationship you're in today, love has a language. Whether it's a friendship, a spouse, a partner, a neighbour or a family member. If you want them to feel loved, you need to learn their language. And God is no different. 
because God has a love language and he makes it abundantly clear what it is. First John 3 verse 16 says, this is how we know what, is, what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us and we ought to lay, lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. God's love language is that we love each other. If we want to show God how much we love him, we need to love each other. 1 John 4 verse 20 says, if we say we love God and don't love each other, we're liars. We're liars. It is impossible to love God and not love each other. But so often as Christians, we run about doing all these other things to try and please God but we're speaking a different language, church. And I believe God is saying to the global church, stop trying to impress me. Stop trying to win me over. If you want to show me how much you love me, start loving one another. Because everything else is like a clanging symbol. Amos 5 verse 20, and this is no... Um, what has happened today is no coincidence. Absolutely, Roddy. This is harsh, but listen to this. Amos 5 verse 21. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religious projects. Your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes. Your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? <sighs> Do you know what I want? Not me. <laughs> this is what it says. Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. It's time to start speaking God's language. Because God will never feel loved, church, until we love each other. If we have put anything above loving others, we are speaking the wrong language. There's nothing wrong with services and conferences and fundraising, but when that becomes the focus, we become no use to the guy in the street looking for directions. We become no use to the person who is lost, lonely and overlooked. If you ask anyone who's part of this church what made them come back, it wasn't an event, it wasn't a programme, it was the love of God. Our job as Christians is to be the mouthpiece that delivers God's love through his word. It's to be the hands and feet that deliver God's, work, God's love through our gifts and time and activate his love through acts of kindness. But here's the difficult 
difficulty. Here's the biggest thing that we face. So often our love language is attached to motives. Because whenever I load the dishwasher, I want to be recognised. I want to be noticed. I want my act of kindness to be rewarded. If Gillian only kisses me when the bin, bin needs emptied, that love is conditional. But God's love is unconditional. And we need to be able to show God's love to others at the risk, at the risk of getting nothing in return at the risk of seeing no change, at the risk risk of being let down time and time again. What if they never came back to church? Would you keep loving them? What if they never thanked you? Would you keep loving them? What if they never recognised what you did for them? Would you keep loving them? Because it's not our job Guys, it's not our job to change people. That's God's job. It's not our job to fix them. It's our job to love them regardless. Whenever we try to convict people to change, we become a clanging symbol and we chase them away. What would it look like if we stopped trying to do God's job and we stuck to the job that he gave us How would we approach people differently if it was soaked in love? How would we view and speak to others differently if we let God soften their heart and we just loved them? Because that's where real transformation happens. When our practical love shows up and collides with God's conviction, I want to look this morning at an example just like that, where someone's life was transformed through God's correction and man's kindness. Turn with me to Acts 9 verse 10. It says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Excuse me. For he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest anyone who calls on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he has to suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. 
What an incredible example of transformation and breakthrough. A murderer saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. A blind man healed and restored. A persecutor set free to be used by God. But here's the thing. The only language that Ananias used was love. He didn't preach to him. He didn't counsel him. He didn't put him on a recovery program. The first thing he does is he touches him. He touches him. It says, Ananias entered the house and placed his hands on Saul. Can you imagine going to this house and touching a guy that you've never met who's got a reputation of murder and persecuting Christians and laying your hands on him? You'd be like, please don't kill me. He touched him. Then he uses words. He says, I have come to pray for you that you would be healed. Then come the gifts and the acts of service. After regaining his eyesight, Ananias made him a meal to, to strengthen him. Then time. After all of this, he spent time with them. Touch, words, gifts, acts of service and time. Five love languages, all practical, all simple, all unconditional, but all transformational. Because God had already convicted and corrected Saul's heart. All Ananias had to do was turn up and show him love. Whenever someone has encountered Jesus, God will always create an opportunity for us to follow that up with love. How many times have you dismissed showing up and showing someone love because you didn't think it would make a difference? You didn't think it would change anything? It would have been so easy for Ananias to dismiss this dream and avoid this opportunity because he thought it would be a waste of time. But you have no idea what God has already prepared in someone's heart before you show up. Never underestimate the power of love. Never dismiss praying for someone. Never dismiss giving someone a gift or sending them a word of encouragement. It could save their life. Because that's where breakthrough happens. God does the hard bit and we just follow it up with love. The pressure's off, church. I want to look at three things from this passage that God's love goes beyond. Are we ready? Number one, God's love goes beyond convenience. It says, the Lord called to Ananias in a vision. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Notice how God didn't send Saul to Ananias. He sent Ananias to Saul because love, God's love goes beyond our convenience. Let's not wait for people to come to us. We need to go out our way to show people love. I remember when we used to run the toddler, the parent toddler uh, group here in the church. Eventually we had to close it because it outgrew the building. 
But I remember the parents being so shocked at how far we used to go to make these families feel loved. Instead of a cup of tea and a piece of toast, we used to prepare an entire buffet twice a week, every week. And many of you here used to prepare that and serve in that. Instead of a couple of songs, we used to create a dance floor with music videos and a giant screen. We had graduation day for the kids. We had themed parties and bouncy castles and kids' entertainment. Why? Because God's love goes beyond convenience. I don't know how far Ananias had to travel that day to meet Saul, but it wasn't on his way to work. It wasn't part of his daily schedule or routine. He had to go out his way and disturb his convenience. If we want to show people God's love, we need to be intentional about going beyond our convenience. Where do we need to go? Where do you need to go today to show someone God's love? Let's be a church who goes the extra mile. If we see, if we want to see life, life's transformed, truly transformed, let's meet people where they are. Let's go and meet them where they are because transformation happens when love goes beyond convenience. Amen. Number two, God's love goes beyond reputation. Have you ever been asked to do something for someone who's got a bad reputation? A reputation for lying, a, a rep reputation for not showing up, for being selfish, nasty, or full of pride. The last thing you want to do is help that person. God asked Ananias to go out his way and help someone who had a, a horrific reputation. Saul was a murderer. He was violent, vicious, and aggressive. He wanted to hurt people. It says, Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with us authority from the chief priests to arrest anyone who calls in your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. I will show him how much he has to suffer. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Can you imagine going and meeting this guy for the first time? Knowing his reputation, knowing his history, knowing his intentions. Yet the first thing Ananias does is lay hands on him. When he walks through the door, he touches him and he says, I'm here to pray for you. God's love goes beyond reputation. It goes beyond someone's history. It goes beyond past mistakes because God's love never keeps record of wrong. And some of you have been avoiding some people because of what they've done. Because of the damage they've caused. Because of the, the hurt that they've done. But maybe your next text message, your next Starbucks, Nando's, is the love language that they need to hear. 
because prophecies will fade and tongues will stop. Knowledge will pass and faith, hope and love will remain. But the greatest of these is love. Don't allow someone's past to stop you showing love. Don't allow suspicion and fear and doubt stop you showing love. Because God's love goes beyond convenience. It goes beyond reputation. And lastly, God's love goes beyond agenda. Ananias went out his way and put his life on the line for nothing in return. Nothing in return. He was obedient to God in spite of Saul's reputation. In spite of the consequences, he helped Paul find freedom, healing and restoration and got absolutely nothing in return. Ananias' love is the unsung hero in Paul's testimony. Paul went on to become one of the best known names in history. He wrote 13 books of the Bible and is recognised all over the world to this day. Ananias was never mentioned again. He was never recognised. He was never promoted. He was never rewarded. That's real love. That's real love. That's laying down your life for nothing in return. But whenever love has an agenda, it becomes a currency for buying people. It becomes a transaction to get what we want. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's no love. That's agenda. Whenever we use love to leverage what we want, we become a clanging symbol and chase people away. God's love language has no agenda. Jesus went beyond convenience and shed his blood. He went beyond our reputation, our stinking reputation, and gave his life for us. He went beyond agenda and rose again to make a way. With no strings attached, no guarantee that you would accept him, and no guarantee that we would change. That's real love, church. It's time to start speaking God's language and loving one another the way Jesus did. It's time to stop worrying about the things that doesn't matter, the things that God doesn't really care about. Seriously, church, none of this matters None of this matters if we don't have love. He doesn't care about doctrine. He doesn't care about what translation of the Bible you read. He doesn't care about what worship songs. He cares about how we show love to one another. That's what will transform people's lives. I'm going to go back and read the opening scripture from this morning. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If I could speak all the languages on earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy 
And if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had the faith that could move mountains but didn't love others, I would have nothing. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. What have you put before loving God and loving others? What have we put before as a church, as individuals? Where do you feel lost and frustrated and no way forward? Because maybe you've been focusing on all the wrong things. Maybe you've been going out your way to please God in all the wrong areas. And deep down you're holding people at arm's length. Deep down you've got unforgiveness in your heart. You've got bitterness. Our only job that Jesus left us was love people. And we have become so caught up in everything else trying to do God's job. Trying to correct people trying to convict people, trying to sort people, fix people, change people. How about we just loved them regardless, unconditionally? How about we went beyond our convenience and loved people? How about we went beyond people's reputation and still loved them? How about we went beyond our own agenda as individuals and as a church? I have been so guilty of this. Loving people for what I can get. Loving people for what we can gain as a church. That's no love. Let's get back and start speaking God's language because if we're not, we're speaking a, a, a foreign language and we're pushing people away. We become a gong or a clanging symbol, and it's time we start speaking God's language. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, as hard as this word is to accept, Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts, that you would soften our hearts towards others. And Lord, that we would approach people in a different way, that we would speak to people in a different language, that we, we would help people just because we love them, just because that's our job, Lord that we wouldn't look at their past, that we wouldn't judge them, that we wouldn't look at what they've done wrong, but Lord, that we would just lavish your love upon them. So Lord, as we go from here, Lord, I pray, I really pray, Lord, that this word would change us. Lord, change our hearts, change our agenda, change our eyes to focus on you and see others differently. Lord, we thank you for this reminder. We thank you for this promise. And we pray that we would take it with us to, to change us and be more like Jesus. In your name, amen. Let's sing this last song. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? 
To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.